Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here on The Truth. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing our weekly MLB podcast. I do realize it is a little bit later in the day, but I do appreciate you guys sticking along. I, I appreciate you guys understanding. First day of school for me, uh, AJ, I don't know if you're doing any in-person classes, but I know you guys are still recovering from a devastating hurricane. Did you have you didn't have school today, right, or nothing like that, or did you? Are you online, or what's your status? So I got one online class Tuesday, Thursday in the morning. So I wasn't affected today, but all the campuses were actually closed today. Okay. Uh, all the coastal campuses. So yeah, uh, I didn't have anything at all today. I just had to log into classes. Well, anyways, guys, today we're going to be doing our MLB weekly show, kicking things off with the Detroit Tigers, who are 57 and 67, 6 and 4 in their last 10. Two games set at Minnesota, split the series there. Then they had a four game set at Cleveland, where they took three out of four there. For the Tigers, I think the biggest storyline was the fact that they had signed Carson Kelly, who was recently DFA'd by the Diamondbacks, and they DFA'd Eric Haas. I mean, the Tigers, like I said when I was doing the Wake Up with the Truth, the fact that they had a big series coming up against the Guardians. I mean, they're not completely out of the postseason just yet because they're still somewhat alive in the AL Central. But this is a team, I, again, I think I said this earlier, but the Tigers are like the one team in the AL Central, in my opinion, that could somehow make a run and find a way to get back into the postseason. I mean, they were kind of flirting around the mix for the majority of the season. But going into this week in particular, I thought it was a pivotal week if they want to have any chance. They took three out of four as need be. So, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I hope they don't because that means that the Twins will make the playoffs. But I think if there's a team in the AL Central to start to have a little bit of an eye on, I think it's definitely got to be the Tigers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Tigers have, you know, bought more. I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez is still doing fine. Last week made a start, um, went six and two-thirds, only one run, six Ks there. Matt Manning did fine. Uh, six innings, only one earned. Terry Scooball, same thing, six innings, one earned. Uh, Torrey Holton. Five and two-thirds, no earn, eight Ks there. So, so overall, they've been heating up at the right time. Uh, Torkelson's hanging 333 this past week with four bombs. Akil Badu has a bomb for himself, hanging 353. Kyrie Carpenter kind of uh, had a really underrated season, a really quiet season. Uh, a lot of people don't really notice him. He's a little bit younger, who has three bombs himself. Ryan Green has cooled down, but he still has in 250 of the bomb, a triple four of guys and four runs this past week. The New York Mets are 58 and 67, 6 and 4 in their last 10 contests. Had a three game set versus the Pirates. They won two out of three there. Then they had a four game set at St. Louis. They won three out of four there. So, yeah, the Mets seem to be out of it, or I guess just, I should say they are out of it, but they put up, you know, a good series win, a good week. It was good, I guess, for the Mets to get back in the win column, you know, for the Mets as well. Pete Alonso chucked away the first hit. For, I can't remember who it was, but. That was really the only big thing that stood out for me. But, yeah, and then again, Kota Senga had a really good start recently. The Mets, again, have a lot of talent. Yeah, they traded away their big money guys like Berlander and uh, Scherzer. But they uh, they have a lot of talent on their team still, even with, like, Pete Alonso and, and whatnot. So, obviously, not competing for anything this year. And, like I said, as Cohen says, they're going to try to compete or they can compete in 2025. So, I guess we'll really see what happens as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, they've been pretty disappointing. I mean, I don't think there's anything else to really say. I mean, you mentioned saying that he had a good week going seven innings, only one earned with five Ks. Jose Quintana, not bad, six innings, two earned. Joey uh, uh, Luc- Lucchesi, sorry, uh, five and two-thirds scoreless. So, like, it hasn't been bad, but just, like, they don't have the guys that they had anymore. They don't have the offense. I mean, 
Pete Alonso is still raking. He's hitting good amount of home runs this year. I believe he's pushing 37, 38 now at this point. Uh, by having four this past week, DJ Stewart, kind of funny. Uh, he got called up recently. Has four home runs, maybe five this week. I think he has one today as we're as we're recording. Uh, but I think they asked him like, what keeps him going? He said, baby diapers are expensive. So it's kind of what this team's just turned into. Got guys being called up playing well because they need to afford uh, diapers for their kids. <laughs> The St. Louis Cardinals have also had a disappointing year there in the National League. They're currently sitting at a 55-70 and 70 record, 5-5 five and five in their last 10. For the St. Louis Cardinals, they had a three-game set at Oakland where they took two out of three there. Then they had that four-game set against the Mets, and they lost three out of four. You know, for the Cardinals, I mean, again, it's been a disappointing year. They've dealt with some injuries. Wainwright, I mean, his struggles have been... I mean, top-notch. I think his ERA is somewhere in the eights right now. He was a guy that wasn't necessarily expected to do tremendous, but especially coming out of the uh, WBC, a lot of people were expecting him to at least compete. And then the rotation is like a bunch of old parts, too. They obviously trade away Flaherty. They had um, Steven Matz in the rotation, the pen, and, t- and times, too. And now they're kind of looking at a different situation where they selected Drew Rom, left-handed pitcher, where they're kind of in that phase now where they got to find, I guess, the next generation of talent. Yeah, uh, I mean, you mentioned having Wayno. I mean, his ERA is way up there. Uh, Dakota Hudson hasn't been bad. He's one of those guys who like had a good season a couple of years ago. I think during the COVID year, and he kind of disappeared. And they just have guys like just randomly playing. I mean, Matthew Luitor used to be one of the top pitching prospects. He get it seems like he gets hit around for either uh, five, six earned runs at outing, or he'll go scoreless through. Five, like five to seven innings, depending on how long he goes. Miles Michael is going to hit around. I think they should start calling uh, some of the younger guys. They got a uh, good prospect, pitching prospect. I believe his name is Tink Hentz. Uh, he's solid there. I think he's a top 100 prospect. Nolan Arenado has been fine. Uh, he has two home runs this past week during 304. Goldschmidt has been bad. Tommy Edmond has been either. Uh, Jordan Walker hasn't been the best, but he still had a home run this week, a double, four runs, two RBIs. I think this time they should start uh, calling up some of their young guys. I mean, they already did it with uh, Mason Wynn just the other day. The Arizona Diamondbacks are 64-61, and 7-3 and three in their last 10, had a three-game set at Colorado where they were able to take two out of three there. Then they had a three-game set uh, against Colorado – or sorry, a four-game set at San Diego where they won three out of four games there. It was what the Diamondbacks did need as far as trying to make a push back into the wild card spot. They're sitting a game out of it right now going into, you know, the, the play here in this week. And I think the big series there against the Padres was the big one. I mean, obviously Colorado, that's must win for um, kind of seeing where, what's going on there. But, I mean, for the Diamondbacks as a whole, it's been disappointing. We obviously saw um, that, I don't know, I guess if you haven't seen a Tommy fan, when he challenged a fan to a lie detector, it was a pretty funny altercation going on there on the Diamondbacks. But, Again, you know, for a guy like Zach Gallen, who has been one of the forefronts for the Diamondbacks, it's continued success from him. That's huge. They've had kind of an up and down campaign, especially down as of late. But they seem to at least be going in the right direction. And, you know, they got to keep pushing for that wild card spot and try to find a, a solidify themselves a spot in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, it was very, I mean, this team was hot and then they've definitely cooled off. Uh, Gallen last night in six and a third, only one earned. Good start there. Bryce Jarvis had a good start. Uh, sorry, he came out of the, made two relief appearances, but with six and two-thirds, only two earned runs. 
Uh, Brandon Pift, uh, solid outing. Uh, no decision there, but set went sc- seven scoreless with five strikeouts. Merrill Kelly got hit around for three earned in, three earned in five in a third innings, had two home runs with four walks, so not a good combo there. Uh, line two home runs. Uh, but on the offense side, Corbin Carroll still doing his thing, 348-8 this past week. No home runs, but an RBI, four runs, a double, a, stole, two, a stolen base, two walks, two strikeouts. So we know what Corbin Carroll is going to do. Christian Walker has been hitting a lot more home runs. Reese had three this week, seven runs, eight RBIs, four walks, or sorry, six walks to four strikeouts. Tommy Fan has, has been lighting it up, though. I mean, since coming over the AZ, I mean, he's hitting 308 this past week, two home runs, a triple. What two doubles, eight runs, six RBIs. I mean, he's been solid. Alec Thomas hasn't been bad. Gabriel Moreno has two home runs and six RBIs to his name this past week. So it seems like the young guys are performing. Uh, they also just called up uh, Kyle Lewis as recently from the minors. The Atlanta Braves are not struggling. They're continuing to do great. They are 80 and 43, 8 and 2 in their last 10. Had a three game set versus New York where they swept them there. And they had a three home versus the Giants where they won two out of three. They actually had three straight games where they didn't allow a run, which is actually quite insane. I know they got a good pitching staff, obviously, but it is still quite insane to think about a situation like that where a team doesn't give up three runs. Obviously, Spencer Strider had a big performance striking out 10. He's had a great season for the Braves. Um, you know, Bryce Elder, seven innings, one hit, three Ks, three walks, and that start there against the Yankees. And you just kind of see this continued success from these pitchers. I mean, obviously, Strider. Strider and Bryce Elder both pitched seven innings with one hit. Absolutely unheard of at this point. But, yeah, the Braves continue to seem to roll forward. And, like I said, it doesn't really seem like anything's going to stop them. Their one, I guess, flaw as far as rotation, in my opinion, has been Yanni Chirinos. And he recently just hit the I.L. with shoulder inflammation, I believe it was. So they uh, they seem to be continuing to move forward in the right direction, obviously. And they're the best team in baseball. I don't think there's any doubts in there. Yeah, I mean, they've they're, right now I believe they're playing with my Giants here in the middle of the game. And they just got the player of the week uh, this past weekend, Eddie Rosario. Um, last week, he hit 500, two home runs, a double, six RBIs, three runs, uh, good block to strike at ratio to three, three to four. Uh, Marcel Arzuna hit, had a home run, hitting 438 this past week. Michael Harris has a triple, double, a stolen base. Acuna, I guess he says slow down, but not really. Still has two home runs, five runs, three RBIs, a stolen base. Uh, only hitting 200, though. Riley slowed down. Matt Olson doesn't have a home run this past week. I'm really not worried about it. I mean, if there's other guys like a Rosario and Azuna are stepping up right now, so those guys who have been producing all year, it's fine. Bryce Elder has solid start, seven innings, scoreless, three Ks. Strider with seven innings, scoreless, 10 Ks. More than six, four, six innings, scoreless, 10 Ks there. Freed went five and two-thirds with three home runs. Or three, three runs, two home runs. Did still get six strikeouts and no decision. You mentioned Gianni Trio since last start with four innings for four on runs. Uh, bullpen has been solid. I mean, they've been solid this entire year. Brad, I think Brad Hand and Kirby Yates are only relievers that allowed to run, and they've both only allowed one this past week. The Boston Red Sox are 66 and 58, continuing to have a pretty solid season. For the Red Sox, last week they had a three game set at Washington. They lost two out of three, and then they swept the Yankees. For the Red Sox as a whole, I mean, Chris Sale had that one start. I believe it was against the Rays. I don't know. It was when four and two thirds looked good. His last four and two thirds start, or his last start, I should say, was not as great. Um, he did definitely deal with some issues there. He failed to get through the fifth inning. Urias uh, had another grand slam against the Yankees. He's been a swing of a hot bat. I mean, 
guys in the Red Sox are continuing to play well and play like a had a, a high formula, I guess you can say. And it's pretty cool to see, um, you know, for a Red Sox team that's trying to compete. They're currently sitting three games out of the postseason. So there's still an opportunity for them to have success. The biggest question mark is, can they seal the deal? And can their pitching be consistent? Obviously, Chris Sale, he recently came back for them. He's a guy that they obviously want to have, um, you know, continue to have success. So I think there's a lot of things going in the Red Sox favor. The biggest question I have is, can they finish the deal, basically? Yeah, I mean, the Red Sox are in a position where they, they've been solid. Uh, I mean, Nick Bavetta made it. I start, but he also came out of the pen for long relief. I believe just other day against the Yankees. Did go nine and a third uh, between those two outings, six earned runs, just uh, 15 strikeouts. And I think they should just keep him in the pen. I mean, yeah, he's been all right as a start, but when he's been in the pen, he's been elite. Brian Bell had another solid outing, six innings, one earned, four Ks. Cutter Crawford, not bad, six innings, one earned, five Ks. Paxton, six innings, two earned. Uh, 3Ks there, Sale, 4 and a third, 2 earned, 3Ks there. Sale did have three walks and a hit by pitch in that outing. Uh, bullpen has been bad. A couple guys have been getting hit pretty hard. Kenley Jansen's two for two in save opportunities. But it's really the offense has been carrying it. Devers has turned it on as a reason, 435, three home runs, six RBIs, one double, eight runs. Pablo Reyes, same 409, a home run, three RBIs, two doubles, seven runs. Justin Turner had a home run, six RBIs, two runs. Verdugo had five runs himself, but home run, two doubles, uh, two RBIs. Yoshida had a home run. Uh, Cassis had a home run. Luis Urias had two home runs, including a grand slam. Uh, he's hitting 500 in, in the last two games. I mean, just overall, it's been the offense has been carrying. There's been few. There's been some good starts, but even when the starting pitching has struggled, this offense has come through. It's, the Chicago Cubs are 64-59, and 6-4 and four in their last 10. A two-game set versus the White Sox where they won bowl or split a series there, 1-1. Then they had a three-game set versus Kansas City where they took two out of three. So, again, the Cubs are flirting with the postseason once again. They're trying to, I guess, compete for that. The Cubs are currently sitting right now in the final wild-card spot right behind San Francisco at a half game back. You know, the Cubs just seem to be in a good position. I think it's been interesting to see the Cubs have success too, especially with Marcus Stroman hitting the IL as of late. They haven't had him there. There was recently a report out there that he isn't sure when he's going to return back to the mound. So that's obviously concerning. I guess a plus move is I did see a report that they are at least looking at extension talks for Stroman. So, I mean, yeah, you want him for this season to come back, but at least he looks like he's going to be in Chicago there for a period of time. But if Chicago continues to pitch well, pitch at a high eclipse, have consistency from a guy like Drew Smiley or continue to have consistency from a guy like Justin Steele. This Cubs team is in a, a much better position and I'm a team that can really compete for something as time goes on moving forward for them. Yeah, I mean, moving forward and going to these next couple of years and locking up guys like Stroman and Bellinger is going to be the main things for them. Kyle Hendricks wasn't bad in his two starts. I mean, 12 minute third, only four on runs, seven Ks there. Uh, Javier Assad has been bad. Six innings, two run, two, two four Ks. Justin Steele, no solid start. Six innings, two run, seven Ks. Jameson Tyon hasn't had the best year. He's been up and down, but his last start, six innings, two earned, three Ks there. Alvar Alizai, uh, he was former starter for them. Uh, now is their closer. He's two for two, his last two uh, save opportunities. And the pitching just hasn't been bad as a whole. Uh, it's just... It's just an interesting team. I mean, you thought they were going to be in it, and then they were, and now they kind of are. Uh, having Stroman out of the rotation definitely hurt them. 
but N- Nico Horner is still hitting that very high average. I mean, four four twelve this past week, going two two runs, three stolen bases. Hap hasn't been bad. Had a triple home run. Saya had two home runs. Same Bellinger. Uh, I believe both those home runs came in the same game with five RBIs. Overall, the team hasn't been bad. It's just it's going to be building for the future. I mean, Jim McCandler is uh, definitely cooled down from the very hot start that he had from coming over to the Cubs. Still had a run, a triple, an RBI, and a stolen base this past week. The Cleveland Guardians are fifty nine and sixty six, four and six in their last ten contests. Cleveland Guardians did have a two-game set against Cincinnati where they did split the series there. Then that four-game set versus Detroit where they did lose three out of four. Again, the Guardians have been, I wouldn't say flirting around the playoff mix because they really haven't. Their only playoff mix that they've been flirting around is the the fact that they can potentially win the AL Central. They did pick Eric Haas. I didn't actually mind Eric Haas. Sure, maybe he wasn't at the best of seasons for Detroit, but I think he's a good, valuable player to have for the Guardians. The Guardians like investing in guys like this. They obviously got rid of guys like Josh Bell, who are seeming like they're tearing it up there in Miami. But they did pick up Eric Haas, who I believe previously was on the Cleveland Guardians. They recalled James Karinchek recently from AAA. So they have a pretty solid roster built. I mean, yeah, Bieber's been out. I think Bieber's basically out for the rest of the season, so that's definitely disappointing. Jose Ramirez has continued to have another successful year. I mean, that's expected, though. So for the Guardians, they need, like, really somebody else to step up and, and move forward there and, and have success because if they're able to have, you know, a guy step up and, and kind of get back in the mix, they, they potentially can. And, I mean, yeah, they're sitting right now with a record of 59-66. and 66. The Twins, I believe, are only six games ahead of them. So there is time left. The only bad thing is they do start a series tomorrow, and it's against the Dodgers. So – they're kind of running on thin air there, but we'll see if they're able to make any noise as the season comes to a close here. Yeah, the Guardians, I mean, it seems like Bieber is going to be out uh, for the rest of the year. But their younger pitchers definitely stepped it up, Logan Allen being one of them. Uh, his last two outings with 12 innings, two earned, 12 strikeouts, went one and one uh, in that span. Xavier Curry, uh, six innings, one earned, six strikeouts there. Power Bibby, five innings, three earned, six Ks. Gavin Williams, five innings, three earned, four Ks. Uh, those three, I mean, those four pretty young. I mean, Allen, Bibby, and Williams are obviously the big, were the big prospects, their pitching prospects. And they haven't even called up their biggest pitching prospect uh, yet. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's he's one of the top ones in the MLB right now. And they, have, they don't even have him or Bieber in the lineup uh, and the rotation, at least. And those are two guys I think that would. Definitely lock it down a lot more. Uh, Noah Syndergaard got blown up for five earned and four and a third. Uh, did have three strikeouts, but a lot of two home runs, hit by pitch, and two walks in that time. Uh, outside of that, I mean, James Karinchek went two and a third scoreless, two walks, two Ks. And his big, his whole thing when he got sent back down was to work on command. Uh, I guess it kind of worked, but also not really worked because he did have two walks in the two and the third. But honestly, Karim Cech is just kind of – that's how he's going to be. He's going to walk guys, but he's also going to strike guys out. He's just fun to watch. Class A is two for two in his last two save opportunities with a strikeout and a hit. So good there on his part. I mean, he's been – he's been definitely had a up-and-down season. I mean, he's getting the saves that he needs, but he's also blowing a lot more saves than what he has been. Uh, Jay Ram this past week. Is only hitting 225, had RBI, two doubles, two runs in six games. Uh, definitely cooled off since the fight. I mean, he he, had, he, he played he played well uh, before they were reviewing suspensions, but after that, kind of cooled off. Cool Calhoun still had a home run, three RBIs, a double, two runs. Quan had a triple, double, three runs, two RBIs. Just overall, this team, I think they're 
they're not out of it, but I think that they should kind of just start calling up those younger guys like Cal Manzardo, a guy they traded for uh, recently in the Savali trade, and they have just some other guys. I think they're right on that uh, cusp of making their debuts soon, and I think that's probably going to be the best thing, especially if they're going to most likely seem like they're going to try to get rid of Bieber, uh, just call up some of these other guys and just be able to get them time up in the majors. The Kansas City Royals are 40-86. and 86. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Had a four-game set versus Seattle. They lost three out of four. And then they lost two out of three to Chicago. Again, nothing's been going right for the Royals this season. I mean, that was expected, though. Um, you know, that you expect maybe a guy like Bobby Witt to have success. I don't know. I mean, yeah, Brady Singer was a guy that they had potential for success as well, but he's really done a good job. I mean, a lot of people are really excited to see what Bobby Witt's been able to do. There's obviously been, you know, inquiries about an extension there. I mean, you pair alongside, you know, Bobby Witt with like a Vinny Pasquantino, this Royals team, especially for the future, is really looking good as far as um, production as well as stability and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's not been the year for the Royals this year. They have a chance to win some games as they are going to be playing at Oakland uh, in this series coming up. So have a chance to win some games. But winning doesn't seem to be a priority for the Royals, and it really shouldn't be either. Um, you know, you can be just fine, you know, playing the games that you're playing and continue to have, you know, some types of success per se as maybe as far as building up your players and getting them more prepared and getting guys like Bobby Witt more familiar and all that stuff. So it can't be necessarily a lost season, even though it may seem like it. There's definitely a lot of things to be excited about if you're a Royals fan. I mean, I would agree with you that they should be a lot they should be excited about, but there really isn't. I mean, pitching's bad. Uh, Bobby Witt's been doing great. I mean, he's been tearing it up the past week. He came 346, three stolen bags, two home runs, seven RBIs, two doubles, seven runs. MJ Melendez has been bad uh, with paying 423, having four doubles, two runs, two RBIs. But outside of that, there really has been much. Michael Massey has been better as a recent. Salvador Perez aimed for 316, but not really Salvador Perez. He doesn't uh, – Perez's game where he hits for a high average. He's more, more that home run hitter, and he doesn't have any to speak, only have two RBIs, three runs. Uh, but, yeah, there really isn't much to look forward to in the future either. Like, I feel bad for saying it, but – if I don't, if I'm not wrong, Kansas doesn't even have a single player in the top 100 uh, MLB prospects, and that's like the updated 2023 one that that just happened recently. I don't think they have a single one in there, and if it is one, it's going to be their first round pick this past year, Jake uh, Blake Mitchell, which I don't think he did top or did break the top 100. The Dodgers are 76 and 47, 9 and 1 in their last 10. They've been playing great baseball as of late. They had a series against the Brew Crew where they swept them there, and then they took two out of three um, against Miami. So they're really playing great baseball as of late. I mean, for the Dodgers, too, they've been doing it on both sides, but their pitching has really stood out to me. Gonsolin, he's sucked. I think he's out for the rest of the year or something like that, elbow inflammation. I'm starting to wonder if teams put. Uh, pitchers that are struggling on elbow with elbow inflammation on high because I mean I've seen like not necessarily that happen but I feel like it's just a continuous trend maybe they do have our elbow pain. I'm not trying to just dismantle what you know Gonson has but I've always had that kind of wild theory there um, but for the Dodgers you know obviously wanting to have success and wanting to continue to move forward there 
Um, and Lance Lynn's done really good. I didn't think Lance Lynn would do as good as he's done, but he's done really good for them. Arias, I believe he had a really good start last time against the Marlins. I think it was uh, seven eight something like that. They won three to one there. So there's been a lot of things clicking for them on the pitching side. Bear in mind too, they have been struggling to have a healthy Clayton Kershaw. And I, if I'm not mistaken, they haven't had Walker Buehler all season. A lot of the pitching prospects are not necessarily pitching prospects, but pitchers that they've used this season are guys that they wanted to use for the future, but maybe weren't expecting to use right now, such as guys like Bobby Miller or Emmett Sheehan. So the future is really bright, especially for this rotation, which is something that should be at the forefront and something that Dodger fans should really be excited about. So Dodgers have nothing to complain about. I mean, obviously they don't because they're sitting really pretty right now. They figured out, um, kind of where they're at as far as, um, you know, early on in the season, I think a lot of people were expecting them to not necessarily struggle, but were a little bit skeptical about their performances. But they figured it out on both sides of the ball. And like I said, more than anything, they just got to be pleased with where they're at. Yeah, I mean, doing this most of the year without having uh, Kershaw being injured, Urias being out early on, and also not having Walker Buehler, the pitching staff's been fine overall. Yeah, Gonsolin's has up and down starts, but he's been solid for overall in the year. I mean, his last outing only went three and a third with 10 earned runs, five home runs with four walks, only two strikeouts at time. So not a good line at all. Uh, but they've been able to also pick up those guys up in the trade. I mean, Lance Lynn, I think, is 3-0 and uh, in the time that he's been traded over. Last outing was seven innings, three strikeouts. Ryan Yarborough has been nasty. Uh, last two relief appearances has gone five innings, one run, run, three strikeouts, got a win there for himself, also a save. Uh, Kershaw's last start, five innings, one run, two Ks. Bobby Miller, six innings, one run, four Ks. Urias, seven innings, one run off a home run, but had five Ks there himself. Bullpen's been shut down. I mean, if you look at the bullpen outside of uh, – so uh, – Garborough and Varlin, they both had one one earned run. But if you look at the rest of their bullpen, zero earned runs in the entire category. So their bullpen's been shut down as well as their pitching. They've been great as recently. Mookie Betts past week is hitting 503 home runs, six RBIs, seven runs. Will Smith uh, is in, has been performing a lot. He, does, he is second on the team with six hits. Bowling hitting 261, six strikeouts, two RBIs. Uh, one run there. Austin Barnes, his first home run of the season, I believe, uh, just the other day. Uh, so he had a home run this past week, came 571. But outside of that, I mean, the offense is really cooled down. Freddie Freeman's hitting 190. Uh, Max Muncy's hitting 167. I mean, I don't think you expect much there, but guys like Chris Taylor's hitting 250. JD Martinez is hitting 167. He's definitely cooled off a lot since uh, the All Star break. The Brew Crew are 68 and 57, 7 and 3 in their last 10. Milwaukee had a three game set of LA where they got swept, and then they swept on the road at the Rangers. Very interesting to see this team play in game in and game out, really, because I just don't feel like I know consistency. Freddie Peralta did pick up a win there in that second game against the Rangers, going five and two thirds. Adrian Hauser in the final game of the series. Five innings pitch against Max Scherz and the Rangers. So, pitching again has been consistent. Their hitting has been solid. I feel like guys like Christian Yash have cooled off a little bit overall. Um, but overall, you know, Rowdy Tellez looks good in his rehab assignment. It'd be nice to get him back for the Brew Crew as a whole. I mean, they've just been consistently doing doing what they've needed to do. They uh, Mark Hanna, I believe, had his first home run against the Dodgers or his first home run for – um, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers. So they have a lot of things going for them as far as where they're at in the standings and where they're potentially, you know, trying to move up as 
far as potential spots in the future. But there's a lot to be pleased about with this team right here. And I'm, I guess I'm really just excited to see as time goes on what, what happens with the Brewers and if they're able to hold on to a lead in the, um, the division. Yeah, right now for the Brewers, it's going to come down to their offense. I mean, they've had injuries. They've had some guy. They have some younger guys right now performing pretty well, but they need to step. It seems like they need to step a little more. Adrian Hauser is solving his two outings, uh, ten and a third, four and runs, thirteen strikeouts, but one and one. Corbin Burns seven innings shutout, nine Ks. Freddie Peralta five and two thirds, one or eleven Ks. Peralta's also been a K machine in this lot. His last like three or four starts seems like he's at ten plus Ks. The last three starts at a minimum. Right in four and, and five and a third innings with four Ks. He gave up a earned run in his one inning, but he has two saves in that time. I believe he went uh, a third of an inning and then two thirds to pick up his both the saves. Offense side, Willie Domus has turned it on a little more, hitting 348. Does still have 10 strikeouts, but a home run RBI for sorry, home run one double, one run, uh, four RBIs. Uh, Christian Yell, you mentioned, did cool down. I mean, he's hitting 240 right now, but only one strikeout to walk. Five runs, one RBI. William Contreras three, had three doubles for himself. Carlos Santana had three home runs with seven RBIs. You mentioned McCann had the one home run himself. When you look at the guy who I really like, but it's definitely cooled down since that debut. Uh, he's doing only in two fourteen this past week. He does have three stolen bases, two walks, one strikeout. But only has one RBI and has three hits in the last five games. Philadelphia Phillies are 67 and 57, 5 and 5 in their last 10. Had a two game set against Toronto on the road. They split the series there. Then they had a three game set at Washington. They lost 2 to 3. Wheeler, I believe it was yesterday, had a rough start to the game, giving up four runs in the first inning, but then picked things up going seven strong, seven hits, those four earned runs, five Ks, and one walk. Guys like Wheeler have to be consistent for the Phillies on the pitching side of things. You obviously know what they're going to produce on the offensive side, but Bryce Harper feels like Schwarber hits a home run every game. Um, guys like Trey Turner, they've obviously struggled. And how about Bryson Stott's bat? I don't know if you got a, check to, a, a chance to check that out, but rocking the number two pencil bat for the Phillies in the Little League Classic. I thought that was fake at first, and then when I did a deeper dive into it, I saw that it was actually it was real. But for the Phillies, in all seriousness, they're seen as the number one wild card team right now. So for the Phillies, it's going to you know be continue to move forward in the right direction and continue to hopefully have success down the line. Yeah, for this team, it's going to definitely come down to the pitching. Uh, Wheeler has last two innings, 14 innings, five earned, 10 Ks. Uh, Aaron Noah, five five innings, four earned, seven Ks there, four walks. Michael Lorenzen finally had a bad start for the Phillies. I mean, he went eight, eight innings shutout and threw, what, was it a no-hitter, I believe it was? Not for the game, it was a no-hitter. Yep. Uh, but in his second start. But his third start went only three and a third, six earned runs, seven runs total, one home run, one walk through one strikeout, a couple off there. Outside that, the rest of the bullpen has been solid. The rest of the stars have been solid outside of Nolan Wheeler. It seems like those two have definitely been have up and down seasons. They either have a really good start or they have a start where they give up five five earned in about four or five innings. So they're usually able to stretch it out, at least give the bullpen a little bit of relief if they do give up a big spot in, say, the third or fourth inning. But on the offense side, I mean, they're going to produce Harper's team, 333, two home runs, two RBIs, a double, six runs there. Castellanos home run on the three-year anniversary of the 
uh, the where he seems like he always interrupts during like a big either apology or thing. He home run um, the three year anniversary of that original one. But five RBIs, three R- three doubles, three runs there. JT Ramuto is hitting two ninety four, two RBIs, two doubles, three runs there. He's had more fight season. Bryson Stott had a home run, I believe, with the pencil bat, uh, a double, three RBIs, two runs there. Baum has cooled down. Uh, Schwarber does have two home runs, five RBIs, still hitting low average of one seventy six, but does have five walks in the past five games as well with five runs. The Pittsburgh Pirates are 55 and 69, 4 and 6 in their last 10 contest. Had a three game set at New York where they lost 2 out of 3 and then lost 2 out of 3 at Minnesota. You know, for the Pirates, as far as overall production, hasn't been great. Mitch Keller kind of got things back on track with a start against Minnesota. Of course, it happened to be against Minnesota. Going 6 and 8, 7 hits, 2 and runs, 1 walk, and 12 strikeouts. For the Pirates, obviously, last week, Brian Reynolds was on fire. I think the biggest thing with them, too, is the fact that they had promoted Paul Skeens now to double-A. Um, you know, he was thrown in the floor complex, and I think he threw, what, one, two innings? Obviously, nothing there, which was kind of interesting why he put them there in the first place. But, um, you know, now he's at double-A. A lot of people are wondering when he's going to be able to get called up. I mean, for the, for what it's worth, the Angels, I know we'll talk about them later, called up their number one first-round selection this year's draft already before Paul Skeens, but they're obviously now they have a franchise potential pitcher there in Paul Skeens. So I want to take their time, and obviously they're not competing for anything right now. They did place Henry Davis, who, um, you know, the rookie that they have there, uh, the catcher as well as the outfield, who's, I think, done fine as a rookie going on the I.L. there. So they have a little bit of some injuries going on with them, but again, nothing too serious for the, the Pirates so far. Yeah, I mean, with the Pirates, they're not going to compete for anything this year. So I think Paul Skeens probably makes it all the way up to AAA by the end of the season. I know the minor league season ends a little bit before the major league season, but I could see that as a very good possibility. Or they just leave him down double A for the rest of the year, start him at triple A at the beginning of next year, then call him up in mid-year. You mentioned Mitch Keller's line from his last outing who had a solid outing. Bailey Falter had a good outing, five and a third, only one run off a home run, five strikeouts there. But outside of that, the bullpen hasn't been the best. David Bednar still, still gets still get two staves this past week long, only one run run and two and a third with a strikeout and walk, three hits there. But outside of that, I mean, there really isn't much else. I mean, Paul Skeens is obviously going to be the big name that they're waiting for on the pitching side. Yes, Quinn Priester is up right now. Mitch Keller hasn't been bad. Uh, they got a younger guy in Bubba Chandler, uh, who I believe was a first-round pick just a few years ago. He's only 20 years old. But they've also called up all their young guys. I mean, they already have Andy Rodriguez up, Nick Gonzalez, Luis Perego. Uh, obviously, they have uh, Henry Davis, as you mentioned, going on to the IL. Uh, but they still have guys like Brian Reynolds. Past week, came 280, a home run, triple, double, four RBIs, one run. Cabrian Hayes in 286 with his basically platinum glove defense over there. I mean, he has probably one of the most underrated gloves on the team. Ji uh, Huan Bay still on the team. I mean, he's been solid. He had, he's been pretty quiet throughout this year, but. As of recently, he's handled Bear had two doubles, two runs, an RBI, three walks, three strikeouts. But yeah, they're playing for uh for the future. I mean, McCutcheon's still there. Had a home run, five RBIs, two runs. Uh, got, they have also other guys like Jack Swinsky I like, but he's having a problem right now with uh just getting hit in a row. He's one for ten, hitting a hundred, but still has five walks, so has four hundred on base. But they got there's right now, but it's building for the future and just getting those pitchers up and developing them. 
The San Diego Padres are 59 and 66, 4 and 6 in their last 10. Took two out of three at home against Baltimore and then lost three out of four against Arizona. Definitely was the last thing they wanted. I mean, yeah, you Darvish in the last game for the Padres got the loss going five innings, nine hits, 407 Ks, one walk. I mean, it's not terrible. It's not great either. But, you know, the high powered offense that they're supposedly supposed to have, um, that obviously. Wasn't been great for the Padres, but that Diamondbacks Padres series really did kill them. I thought there was a little bit of, I guess, high hopes there after winning the series against Baltimore. But guys like Darvish, Matt Waldron also had a rough start for the Pods. Um, you look at the series there against Baltimore, winning the final game in that one five to two. Blake Snell looked good continuously. So the Padres, man, I, I just I think I've lost hope for the Padres. I think the ship has sailed. You can only get hot for a certain period of time, sure, and they still get hot. Yeah, they're six games out of the wild card, but then if you look at who's right below them, it's the New York Mets, and we've already basically said that they're out of the postseason, and they're only one game back from the Padres. So they kind of seem to be in the same position there. Sure, they can make a deep run, but I mean, they got to start turning the clock, especially this series. they got a series starting, I believe, today against Miami, and that's, I guess, their, their last <laughs> get-all. They want a chance at the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I've given up on them also. Um Seth Lugo, uh, I believe coming back from IL, made a start going six innings, nine Ks there, shut out, got no decision there. Blake Snow at six innings, two earned five Ks. Scott, Scott Barlow went five innings uh, in his three appearances out of the pen, six Ks. You Darvish got hit around for four runs. Uh, Rich Hill has not been good. He's in five innings, a lot of three runs, two home runs, but just as a whole since coming being traded over to the Padres. Michael Walker to start with five innings, five Ks shut out. Uh, bullpen's been up and down. Hater's been solid, one for one. Is less uh, save opportunity to have two uh, appearances to get five Ks in those two appearances. So he's been solid all year, but he's also a guy that they're not probably not going to bring back. Uh, on the offense side, I mentioned they're either hot or they're not. Uh, Tatis recently in three eighteen, so he's been hitting pretty well, but only one had a home run, three RBIs. A double, four runs, two stolen bases. Uh, I believe he also stole home as one of those two stolen bases. So that was fun to watch. But then Cronenworth, Hossa, and Kim are your next two leading hit guys with hits this past week with five each. Bogarts is hanging back down to 130. Machado had two home runs, but he's hitting 143 right now. Soto uh, has six walks with no strikeouts, but is only hitting 158 right now. Again, Soto just needs to be more aggressive. I think that's his whole thing. And where this team isn't hot or playing well, it seems like it's definitely behind Soto and Machado. Uh, between Soto not being aggressive enough and creating offense, and Manny Machado just not finding a way to drive his runs. Your San Francisco Giants are 65-59, and 3-7 and seven in their last 10 contests. Had a three-game set versus the Wando Frank, Ronda Franco list Rays, losing two out of three there. Then they had a three-game set at Atlanta. They lost two out of three there. Alex Cobb, five and two-thirds, four in runs. Yeah, yeah, not great, but it doesn't help when Spencer Strider goes seven strong in that one. Final game of the series there against the Rays as well. Savali had a good game against the Giants, but 
You know, the Giants, I mean, yeah, they had a losing week. There's still a lot to be looking up for for the Giants, obviously. I mean, you're a Giants fan, so if you're still second, sitting second in the wild card spot right now, um, Logan Webb, you know, one of the guys that's been relatively consistent throughout the season, you would like to have another guy potentially step up, um, you know, in, in the rotation. And, and maybe they get that with calling up prospect Kyle Harrison. I know you probably know a lot about Kyle Harrison as far as what he could potentially provide to the San Francisco Giants. But looking at it like a guy like that, I feel like they were kind of – we said, or we had said, I had said specifically to at the trade deadline, if they could just get like one more arm to just kind of solidify a rotation, I think the Giants can be squared away. And I'm not saying that he's going to do that, but that could potentially help the Giants, a team that can help relieve some of the stress off a Logan Webb and kind of relieve some stress off the younger bats that they do have on the offensive side. But going into the next series for the Giants, they have the series going on right now against the Phillies. That's a pivotal one. And then they play Atlanta again before taking on the Reds. So a pivotal stretch of games coming up for the Giants. It's again, I mean, they look like a playoff team, as you probably have seen. But, again, this is a pivotal, you know, 7-10 games for the Giants if they want to continue this postseason push. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy going against the Rays and then the Braves right after that, two of the best teams in my MLB right now. Uh, pitching, I mean, a lot of them got hit around and some of them didn't just kind of how it goes when you play those two those two teams in the Rays and Braves. Uh, Ross Stripling got hit around to his start, six innings, five earned. Uh, Logan Webb, six innings, four earned with a home run, five strikeouts. Uh, Alex Cobb, five and two-thirds, four earned. Had two hit by – or one hit by pitch with two walks. Uh, Jake Junis hasn't been bad. Uh, made two starts uh, as more of an opener. Or, yeah, sorry, two starts as an opener, five and two-thirds. Uh, only one home – home run, uh, but no earned runs, which is kind of weird as as Mark like that usually be one earned run, but I believe via air it would have been out of the ending so the home run run doesn't count but eight strikeouts there. Tristan Beck has, has still been pretty dominant, uh out of the pen being that second guy behind uh I believe Ryan Walker who's usually has been being used as a starter. Uh Camille Duvall had uh, a save opportunity, blew the save opportunity, but did get the win in that uh in that outing. Uh, three Ks in the ending of the third. Uh, I'm going to mention Kyle Harrison, as you mentioned, and there are no more prospects. Uh, he's a left-hand pitcher. I think he's supposed to make his debut on the 22nd against the Braves. I believe they still play him in that series. Uh, I believe that's who Harrison's going to make his debut about. I mean, he's going to have a mid-90s fastball, good flyer changeup combo. Uh, again, one of the, our number one prospects, so hopefully he's able to make a difference. And I do agree, we need to trade for another guy at the deadline, but that didn't happen. Flores hasn't been bad. Uh, I believe he has one of the highest OPSs since, like, the All-Star break. Uh, he's had two home runs, four RBIs this past week, two runs. Conforto hasn't been bad, hitting 333. Jay Davis hitting 357. Uh, Tyler Estrada has hitting, had a home run, two RBIs, a double, two runs there. Bailey's hitting 200. Johan Camargo, a former Brave, is hitting 300 right now for us. Uh, we also called up Wade uh, Meckler. Uh, he's one of the older prospects that we have. Uh, he's been more in the middle of our uh, of our minor league system. Uh, he's 23 years old. Uh, he isn't. He hasn't been playing bad, but uh, he was off to a hot start. But not on the week, only one or one run, one walk, nine strikeouts. So just not hasn't been productive. And Luis Montes was called back up recently. Uh, and his one game they played against the Braves had a home, a solo home run, hitting 400. The Seattle Mariners are 69 and 55, seven and three in their last ten. They are hot as of late, taking three out of four at Kansas City. 
taking all three at Houston, a big pivotal series there, really kind of making some noise there in the American League West. And you know, that division got a little bit closer after this week, to say the least. I mean, what, the Mariners are, what, three games out of first place with Texas right now? So, yeah, it's been kind of great to see the Mariners do that. They're currently the last wildcard team. Again, this is one of the teams that reminded me a lot of the Padres having good pitching pretty solid bats. The Padres were even better, and they were just waiting for one of those teams to break, and the Mariners have definitely broken as of late. For the Mariners, I think a lot of credit can be shown with Julio Rodriguez. I believe it was 17 hits in a four-game spam at Kansas City. It was absolutely ridiculous. I remember seeing every game like four for five, five for five, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, this dude is popping off. Bryce Gilbert and another pitcher that I can't remember off the top of my head for the Mariners. It was Logan Gilbert, not Bryce Gilbert, Bryce Miller and Logan Gilbert. Both productive starts going six-plus there against the Astros. Those were big series there for them to try to kind of get back on track. And then, like I said, winning, obviously, at Kansas City was huge, too. So Mariners, again, are in a great position right now. They're currently playing the White Sox. They're winning that contest 5-0 to zero in the first inning. So watch out for the Mariners, man, especially if they make it to the postseason with all these guys that got here. We didn't even mention George Kirby and the successful campaign that he's had, or Luis Castillo. So they're dangerous, man. And, you know, they traded their closer at the trade deadline, but they haven't looked back. They are continuing to move forward in the right direction. Yeah, they definitely are. I mean, you can definitely contribute all those wins to Julio Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, I think it was 17 for 22 he was in those four games. Uh, but this past week in the six games, he's 19 for 32, six runs, three doubles, two home runs, eight RBIs, five stolen bases, hitting 594. Teoscar Hernandez also, has also been hot, though. I mean, yeah, Julio did what he did. But Teoscar is 12 for 26, hitting 462. A home run, five doubles, three runs, six RBIs. Ty, Ty France has come back around here in 308. Two doubles, a home run, four RBIs, four runs. Uh, Jose Cavallario uh, hitting 389. Uh, three stolen bases, three doubles, an RBI, five runs. Dill Moore had two home runs, four RBIs. Same with Antonio Suarez, two home runs, four RBIs. Same thing also with Cal Raleigh, two home runs, four RBIs. So this team has just been hot. I mean, and that's just outside of their pitching. Yeah, George Kirby didn't have the best start. Six innings, four home runs, six, eight hits, but no walks, two strikeouts. I think he leads the league in walk in walk percentage, and like he's on a historical pace or walk to strikeout percentage. He's on like a historical pace to like just smash that record. Uh, next up, Logan Gilbert, six innings, two earned, three Ks. Bryce Miller, six and a third, no earned, two Ks. Emerson Hancock did it. Uh, had made, made his first two starts this past week as career seven innings, five earned, one home run, three strikeouts. Uh, Jose Castillo, seven innings, four earned, three Ks. Bullpen's been shut out. I mean, this team's, I mean, like you mentioned, they're hot right now. I mean, the pitching's great, as we know, and we know what this offense can do. They're just not showing it later in the season right now. The Washington Nationals are. Right now, it's 57 and 68. They're 7 and 3, though, in their last 10 contests. Won 2 out of 3 versus Boston, won 2 out of 3 versus Philadelphia. I mean, for the Nationals, again, moving forward in the right direction. Patrick Corbin, another quality start. Six innings pitched, four hits, one in around six Ks. His ERA is at 4.71. And, like, you look at some of these other pitchers that he had the ERAs in the fours, he's right there in the mix. Um, he's been up and down, but a little bit better compared to last year. Trevor Williams with six, six strong, two hits, four Ks, no earned runs, and three walks yesterday. So the bats just have been on fire for the – or the pitching has been on fire for the Nationals. Josiah Gray has struggled a little bit, which is a bit concerning. But then again, they're not competing for much at the moment, but they're playing great baseballs of late, so you have to be pleased. They also uh, promoted Dylan Cruz to double A. 
Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, there's moving forward to the future. Patrick Corbin did have a, have a good start. Six innings, one earned off a home run, six strikeout. Mackenzie Gore had went six and a third, only one hit, seven strikeouts there. J- uh, Jake Irvin, six innings, shutout, seven Ks with two hits and two – or sorry, two, yeah, five hits, two hit by pitches, two walks. Trevor Williams, six innings, shutout with four with four Ks. Uh, Josiah Gray has hit a rough patch his last – Outing with three innings, five earned runs, three walks to four Ks. But the offense has been hot. Stone Garrett's hitting 391, two home runs, seven RBIs, four doubles, five runs. Uh, Lane Thomas is still having a really underrated season. Uh, hitting 391 this past week of 462 on base. A double, five runs, one RBI. Uh, Keybert Ruiz is hitting 316, a home run, three doubles, four runs, seven RBIs. C.J. Abrams has... Uh, Slowed down just a little bit, has cooled down a little bit. Still had four stolen bases, a home run, three runs, three RBIs there. And as you mentioned, Dylan Cruz, uh, what did get promoted up to Double A? James Wood, I believe, just got ranked within the top one or top ten prospects, uh, in the MLB right now. I mean, the future is bright for them. And that's just what they're building towards right now. The Baltimore Orioles have continued to play great baseball. They're 77 and 47, 7 and 3 in their last 10. Lost 2 out of 3 at San Diego, and then won all three games at Oakland, which were obviously must. Kyle Bradish goes six innings, two hits, no one runs, eight Ks, and one walk in the finale there against Oakland. Obviously, won all three games and won the first game 9 to 4 behind Kyle Gibson's kind of rough outing, five innings pitch, nine hits, four and runs, six Ks, but got the win there. So win the games that they need to. Gunnar Henderson was fine. He had a home run, I believe it was yesterday, almost at a cycle. Um, Jorge Mateo inside the park home run too. So a lot of things have been going good for the Orioles so far. They're continuing to move forward in the right direction. They got a big series coming up against Toronto. And kind of it's kind of interesting to note too, the September call-up's coming up soon. Uh, it's kind of interesting to see who the Orioles are going to call up, if anybody, to kind of continue to – continue to make a run there in the AL and continue to be the best team in the American League. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that they could call up, uh, they could call up the number one prospect, Jackson Holiday. I mean, he's already in double A this season, uh, moved up three levels at this point, and he just mashes no matter where he goes. He's in 360 or 336 on the season still. I mean, good amount of home runs. He's fast. He's got nine triples, 10 home runs, 20 stolen bases. There's a chance he could be the second baseman there because they're probably going to keep Gunner over there at shortstop and just probably move Holiday over. But Brash has been solid. Kramer's kept him in games. Gibson got uh, a lot of four on runs and five innings. But just overall, it's been interesting. I think Jack something was came up with Jack Flaherty. Like they released him or something along those lines. Or they sent him down to the minors. I don't know. He had a bad outing going only three innings with seven runs, a home run, four walks, three strikeouts. On the offense side, Gunnar Henderson – uh, almost had a cycle, but instead of deciding to stay on first, uh, he went for the double, even though they were up 10-1 against the A's. He could have had a cycle there, but decided to get the extra base hit. In 455, two home runs, one triple, two doubles, six RBIs, six runs. Mountcastle had two home runs, six RBIs for himself. Adley Rutschman hanging 350 with four walks, three strikeouts, two doubles, six runs there. Austin Hayes had two home runs. I think one of his home runs at Oakland Stadium got stuck in the foul pole. Uh, when he hit it, I mean, just interesting situation. I mean, they're just hot right now, and they could be calling up the number one prospect by the end of this year. The Chicago White Sox are having a dismal season, 49-75, and 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Had a two-game set in Chicago where they split, and then they lost two out of three at Colorado, losing the first game 14-1 to and the second game 11-5. to 
has not been good. Kopech struggled four innings pitched, nine earned runs in that first game there against the Rockies. And then in the second game against the Rockies, Jesse Schulten's three innings pitched, five earned runs. I mean, their pitching obviously has struggled. Robert um, and, you know, Eloy, I guess, are kind of trying to build, I guess, the front page there for the White Sox. But, again, the thing that has been consistent is the fact that they suck. Elvis Andrews, I think, has had a pretty solid week overall. Again, the guy that was used to be a household name, really not anymore. Andrew Vaughn hit a home run the other day. So they have some guys that can mash a little bit, but just so much controversy, and they completely got rid of their entire team. A lot of people thought they would build around Berger. They didn't. They sent him off, too. They still got Dylan Cease cooking. I mean, you look at this team, it's good roster size. It just almost seems like an internal issue with the franchise at this point. Yeah, so the White Sox has just been really disappointing. I mean, just where they started all at to where they're at now. Clevenger had a good outing, seven innings, seven strikeouts there. Cease got a hit around for five earned, five earned runs and four and two-thirds. Uh, did still get six strikeouts. You mentioned Kopech. He had a really bad outing, four innings, nine earned runs there. Tuki Toussaint's not one of their starting pitchers. Uh, four innings, three earned. Aaron Bummer's been solid out of the pen all year. Uh, they've been had. They've also had some other guys in the pen who've been solid, but just overall the team's been pretty bad. I mean, Luis Robert, uh, Andrew Vaughn, and injured Eloy Jimenez now. I mean, Eloy seems like he's always getting injured at this point. It just kind of you're, he's going to happen every season. But Eloy had two home runs this past week. Elvis Andrews hitting 400, had a home run, three RBIs, two stolen bases. Just overall, it's been an interesting team dynamic. What they've been trying to do. I do agree. It's probably more of a front office thing at this point because they they put the talent out on the field. It's just it, nothing has been able to click, and I think it starts up at the front office. The Cincinnati Reds are 64-61, and 4-6 and six in their last 10. Split the series against the Guardians, lost 2 out of 3 versus Toronto. You know, for the Reds going into the season, they've obviously wanted to have a bit more success. I mean, not necessarily a bit more success. They've had unexpected success, I should say. Hunter Green made his first start after coming off the 60-day IL, and it did not go very good. Three innings, 10 hits, 9 runs. Yeah, it was just not fun. Had him on my fantasy team, dropped some whip points and ERA points after that one there. But it was at least good to see that he's back in the rotation. Um, you know, maybe eventually he'll be able to figure it out like he was somehow doing at the beginning of the season. Andrew Abbott went five innings, six hits, two and runs, five Ks. Offensive side, you know, L.A. Dega Cruz, he's just a, a freak. Matt McClain, I believe, also hit home run earlier this week. So there was some positives there for the Reds that won two out of the five games. But I guess more negatives compared to positives. It's just disappointing to see for the Reds. they got to find a way to move forward. They were supposed to start a series against the Angels, but that got rained out because of the hurricane. So the Angels series is going to be a big series. And right now where they're sitting, as far as the wild card standings, they're not very high on the wild. Well, they are high on the wild card one game out, but they're also kind of creeping up there, I think, three and a half, four games back of Milwaukee for the NL Central lead. Yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to pitching, really. I mean, we've seen what the offense can do. Ashcraft uh, and Brandon Williams both uh, – both got losses this past week. Ashcraft went seven innings, three earned. Williams went five and two-thirds, four earned. Andrew Abbott had, I saw the start going five innings, two earned, five Ks, getting the win there. I mean, you mentioned the 100 green start, just not good. Nine, eight earned, nine total runs, and three innings. I do believe Lodolo is on track to be co- coming back to the rotation uh, sometime in these next few days. Uh, it says by the end of the month. Uh, he should be, or later this month, that he should be uh, on his way back up to the majors. But uh, 
in Kenosha Strand, hitting 316, had a home run this week. This home run he did hit was a walk-off bomb uh, at Cincinnati. Uh, TJ Fidel had a Friedel had a rob a home run and also had a home run himself this past week. McLean still hitting, had a double home run, three RBIs, two stolen bags, two runs there. Tyler Stevenson's hitting 400, had a home run. Ellie had a triple, double, an earned run, an RBI, and the triple was was a, more of a little league home run. He hit the triple and then was, went home and scored on it on an air throw. Spencer Steer hasn't been bad. They called up Stuart Fairchild again. He had a home run with two RBIs. But, yeah, the offense has definitely cooled down. They also called up one of their top prospects, Noel V. Marte, this past week uh, in one in two games, had a, a double as his one hit, stolen base. Uh, but, yeah, it's just they're calling up a lot of their young guys right now. I think they lead the MLB with, like, 11 MLB debuts this past year. The Colorado Rockies are 48-76, and 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Lost 2-3 versus Arizona, but won 2-3 against Chicago. For the Rockies, Kyle Freeland with five innings, eight hits, four and runs, six Ks, one walk, did pick up a win there. And then the first game of the series, Peter Lambert actually had a really solid start, going seven innings, four hits, one and run, five Ks, and one walk. I mean, for the Rockies, with nothing really going on for them as far as success, it's obviously great to win a couple of games there. Charlie Blackman hit a home run. Nice to see him back. Ryan McMahon also had a home run, same with Tovar, so, and Montero for that matter. So they've had a lot of success on that side of things. Um, again, they won a couple games this week. They're not competing for anything, and they're just kind of hanging out in the mix right now. And I guess, you know, the ball was flying a little bit at Coors Field for them, especially in that White Sox series. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Ryan had a good start. Chris Flexen finally had a good start with the Rockies, uh, going six innings, one earned run, five strikeouts, and a no decision there for him. High block was has been bad so far this season for them as a recent five innings, two earned, uh, two strikeouts. But on the offense side, they're definitely building towards the future. Nolan Jones being 421 this past week, two RB or two doubles, a home run, six RBIs, six runs, four walks, four strikeouts with a stolen base. Uh, Brendan Rogers come back from injury from Myers hitting 389, uh, triple, three doubles, six runs, five RBIs. Brian McMahon had two home runs, six RBIs, seven runs there. Tovar had a home run, four RBIs, uh, six runs for himself. I mean, just a lot of these younger guys are starting to call up, and that's probably something they should do. I mean, they got uh, Tristan or uh, Beck from Tennessee. They got Yankel Fernandez. They got a lot of young guys right now, Adele Almador, Norman uh, Bernabelle. They just have a lot of young guys who are getting right to the age of 20, 21, 22, where they should be making their debuts soon. The Houston Astros are 70 and 55, 4 and 6 in their last 10. The Houston Astros, 4 and 6 in their last 10, definitely does hurt a little bit. For the Houston Astros this past week, they had a three game set at Miami. They won two out of three, and then they lost all three games at home versus Seattle, which definitely did hurt them. Looking at Houston as a whole, I mean, again, they're were up and they were down to, to say the least. Jose Altuve passed his 2000th career hit, which is kind of actually insane to think of amount of success there. Christian Javier has continued to struggle. He's struggling right now in the game against the Red Sox, which could be a pivotal series there. You know, they played against the Mariners. Framber Valdez went five innings, six hits, or ten hits, six runs, five Ks, and two walks. So their pitching has struggled, especially as of late. Um, they obviously got to get that moving forward. They have a lot of pitching depth. They have a lot of success, potentially, at the pitching position. I mean, obviously, you know that. You got Guys like Verlander, who recently acquired, you have Framber Valdez, who recently just threw a no-hitter. So there's a lot of things that should be working in their favor as time goes on, and I do believe that they will. 
Um, but it is definitely something to take notice of. And it was a little bit of a rough week for them as, uh, as time has gone on. Yeah, it's been a rough week, especially for the pitching. Framber, five innings, six earned. Berlander, or five innings, four earned. Hunter Brown, four and two-thirds, six earned. Christian Javier, four and two-thirds, four earned. J.P. France has still been dogging at six innings, two earned. Did a lot of two home runs, but still got seven strikeouts. Uh, bullpen's been solid overall. It's just mainly been the starting pitchers, and it's kind of surprising that the fourth's been. Val- Valdez, Verlander, Brown, and Javier. I mean, out of all those guys, you would have expected J.P. France to be the worst out of, out of them, potentially. Uh, on the offense side, Altuve hitting 368 this past week, has stolen base and RBI two runs. Not much there. Uh, Jordan hitting 333. He surprisingly had a triple. He also had double, two RBIs, four runs. Yenier Diaz had two home runs. Bregman had two home runs. Chas McCormick had two home runs. Same with Kyle Tucker, also had two home runs with four RBIs, two uh, runs there, hitting 400. So it seems like it's very, it's been very up and down. John Singleton is one for his last 15. I know we mentioned him earlier. He had like two home runs in uh, his season debut, uh, making a comeback uh, from being in the Myers for so long. I think out of league for a little bit. But yeah, it seems like it's right now the middle lineup is producing pretty well. It's just there's ups and downs. It's been the pitching right now. It's been the downs. The Los Angeles Angels are 61 and 64, 4 and 6 in the last 10. Lost 2 out of 3 at Texas, lost 2 out of 3 at Tampa. As mentioned, they promoted Noah Shamol, I believe that's how you say his name, got a hit in his first start there. Reed Detmers carried a no hitter, I believe it was, until the eighth inning, almost to his second career no hitter. Patrick Sandoval got the loss um, in the game against the Rays, but honestly didn't pitch that bad. Yeah, they gave up 18 runs, but he went 4 and 2 thirds. Seven hits and two earned runs. And the pitching definitely got blown up there in the sixth and fifth inning for that matter. But for the Angels, again, they have to make a move. I mean, move forward in the standings. They're eight and a half games out of the postseason. I guess their GM still thinks they're able to compete. But they maybe try to spark against their offense with picking up, you know, um, promoting Shano or whatever you say his name. Um, but then again, Otani seems to be not necessarily wearing out. But obviously he's been doing some cramping, had to miss a start in two. And, there's got to be other guys that step up, too. Reed Demers has been inconsistent but had a good quality start. So the Angels need to find some ways to get back into the promised line and, get, and find ways to go back into the winning column. Yeah, I mean, I think there's news that Mike Trout should be or potentially could be back by the end of this month. This is potentially tomorrow, potentially tomorrow the 22nd, uh, but we're not quite sure yet because the no report says Mike Trout may not be ready. Uh, so hopefully it's going to be soon because if the – Angels want to compete and even give Shohei a reason to stay. Trout needs to come, be able to come back healthy and be able to uh, help him get to the postseason. On the pitching side, you mentioned uh, Reed Detmers. He did have a no-hitter going into the seventh. Uh, went seven and a third, five strikeouts, four walks. Still have one hit, got the win there. Uh, Lucas Giolito still gets hit around every single start with the Angels. That's of his debut. Six innings, four runs, a home run, five strikeouts. Patrick Sandoval, five and two thirds, two earned four Ks there. Tyler Anderson got hit around for five earned in four innings. It's just it's it's the pitching staff. They don't really have anyone outside of Shohei Otani. He's been shut down uh, with uh, elbow fatigue or shoulder fatigue, something along those lines. But Shohei's still raking in two, or sorry, three sixty eight, uh, two home runs, five RBI, five RBIs, two one double, four runs. Brendan Drury had two home runs, four, five RBIs, a double, three runs uh, coming back from the IL. Mike Moustakis hitting 313. Hunter Renfro had a home run. 
just overall, it's been a really uh, sad offense. I mean, it seems like guys aren't producing anymore. Mickey Moniak's hit a wall. He, uh, zero, a point zero seven seven. Uh, he's one for his last 13. And they did call up, as you mentioned, uh, Nolan Shanduel. I believe it's how it's Shanduel. Uh, he's three for 12 in 250, two walks, one strikeout, four runs there. So he's had a solid debut especially just being drafted uh, about a month and a half ago. Marlins are 64 and 61, five and five in their last 10, had a three-game set against the Astros, lost two out of three, and then lost two out of three at LA. For the Marlins, I thought they were mashing the ball pretty very well. Berger and Josh Bell, two guys that they got at the trade deadline, have had the good success mashing the ball. Uh, Jorge Soler, his first two at-bats and two home runs off Tony Gonson, absolute tanks. They've been – Hitting the ball really effectively, which has been huge. I thought their pitching wasn't necessarily too bad this time as well. They lost both games to the Dodgers 3-1. to one. Yuri Perez had a great start. I think he went six innings, 10 Ks, if I'm not mistaken. But Robertson choked and won a lead in the ninth or the eighth inning, whatever it was, once again. So I got the loss there. Alcantara, I believe, went six, seven innings, gave up a couple runs as well. Um, he didn't look, I guess, the sharpest stuff against the Dodgers, but consistency there. I mean, you got guys like Uri Perez, who I thought I was a little bit concerned coming back from being called up that he might suffer a little bit just because of, I guess, having a role and then going back down and coming back up. But he's done well. Alcantara has been pitching well as of Blaine, so their bats have started to come alive a little bit, and the Marlins look to be in a good position come postseason time, potentially. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Sandy uh, turned it around from early on, last outing, got the win, six Innings, three earned runs, six Ks. Braxton Garrett, six innings, three three earned, six Ks. He did get lost there. Mentioned Uri Perez. He did go six innings, only two hits, 10 Ks. Uh, that was his second start. His first start wasn't the best in comparison. Uh, Johnny Cueto uh, got hit around for four earned, five total runs, and five and a third with three strikeouts. Uh, Lazardo definitely got hit around three and two-thirds line, five earned runs, three home runs. Which that's what you're going to get out of Lazardo. You're going to get a great start. Uh, you're going to get a lot of good starts and great start here and there. But Lazardo also will get give up the long ball. Like he has been being uh, a little bit more predictable at times than you like. David Robson uh, did blow save and got lost uh, in two, one of his outings. He went two innings total, three earned runs, two walks, only one strikeout. Uh, but on the offense, like Jake Berger seems like one of the best pickups at the trade deadline. Uh, just in the entire MLB at this point. I mean, he's up there with the Lance Lynn uh, trade that for the Dodgers. I mean, this past week, he came 474, a home run, five RBIs, a double, four runs. I believe had a walk-off this past week as well. Uh, Jazz Chisholm had a home run, three RBIs, two stolen bases, a triple, four runs. Josh Bell is also up there as one of the best trades of this offseason. I believe he's hitting right around 300 uh, with five bombs and, like, I want to say it's like 17 games now. Uh, had double three runs, one RBI. But outside that, it's really slowed down. Jorge Soler still uh, is mashing. Has three home runs this past week, and I believe went off the game against Tony Gonsolin uh, with a home run this past week. The Minnesota Twins are 65 and 65 and five in their last 10. Split the two games set against Detroit. Won two out of three against the Pirates. For the, the Minnesota Twins, Dallas Keiko carried a perfect game into the seventh inning yesterday, going six and the third, I believe it was. One hit, no earned runs there. Sonny Gray gets the loss, six and two-thirds, four earned runs. Didn't necessarily pitch bad against the Pirates, but 
Also for the Minnesota Twins, we had Pablo Lopez going six innings, six hits, no one around seven Ks and two walks. So it was honestly a pretty good productive week for the Twins. That middle game they lost against the Pirates was one that was just, I guess they got outbeat and outplayed basically. Uh, Mitch Keller threw well. So it was kind of a tough situation to be in there. But for the Twins, they've had some good success. Again, Buxton says that he's going to start playing outfit when he comes back at times. I don't think so because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And why would he go back and play outfit when he hasn't been able to stay healthy? That was the whole point he Became a DH is the reason there. And as a whole for the Twins, I think they have, you know, a good stepping stone. They're continuing to move forward in the right direction. But I got to see some more else from them. They're still 65 and 50. They're still sitting, I think, six games ahead of the Guardians for the division. So they got a series coming up against the Brewers, which will be interesting. But, again, Twins got to continue to step up and continue to make um, success happen. Yeah, I mean, Sangre got hit around six – or not – I don't think they really got hit around. I mean, six and two-thirds, only four and run, uh, seven strikeouts there. Keiko, as you mentioned, good start there. Six and a third, one hit, three Ks. Pablo Lopez went six innings shutout with seven Ks there. Bailey Obar gave up two and five innings uh, with six Ks. Kenta Maeda, a lot of three runs and four innings, two home runs with six Ks there. Johan Duran has uh, his two for two and his last two save opportunities with seven Ks. Uh, just overall, it's been up and down. I mean, you know him a lot better than I do. On the offense side, uh, Ed, uh, Dalton Solano uh, is still hitting for a good average. I just read the middle of the lineup, uh, having two doubles, two runs this past week. Kepler had a home run. Same with Michael A. Taylor, Jorge Polanco, and Matt Wallner. Uh, I believe Wallner had a, a grand slam and no doubter. The MLB poster is kind of sick uh, this past week. Uh and then Julian hitting 462 uh, prospect. You guys caught up this year. Uh, four RBIs, one double, and one run this past week. The New York Yankees have been bad, bad, and bad. They are 60 and 64, one and nine in their last 10, currently on an eight game losing streak. Lost all three against Atlanta on the road and lost all three against Boston. I had said maybe they would have success with having Garrett Cole on the mound, um, you know, kind of breaking that losing streak. That didn't happen. Then they also – that was like the, the middle game, I believe it was, there against the Red Sox. Lost the first game in that series, 2-8-3. Johnny Brito, 2 and a third, 6 earned runs. So it's been disappointing, particularly the Yankees pitching, but the Yankees bats as well. I mean, they haven't been producing. They, again, shut out both games against Atlanta, which, again, it's Atlanta pitching. But at the end of the day, like, I think it's got to be a little bit better than that, in my opinion. you got to start off, I guess, just on a better foot there. And so be curious to kind of see what happens as time goes on and, Kind of curious to see what happens as, you know, teams start getting a little bit more – or not necessarily teams getting more affiliated. They've been banged up. Rizzo's been on the IL with a concussion and whatnot. But it's just been disappointing for the Yankees, to be honest. And I don't know what's going to happen, you know, with them moving forward if they're going to be able to. Because I thought they were potentially going to compete, but now that's completely out the window. Yeah, I mean, I, there's no other word except for disappointment or being fans being disappointed with it. I mean, Garrett Cole has been solid all year. He had, this is his fourth start of the year. Six earned runs, two home runs, and four innings being the loss there. I believe Severino has set the record for the most earned runs in the first inning by a starting pitcher or something along those lines. I don't know if it's like in a season or career. I don't know what it was, but it was something, some crazy line like that that he now owns the record for. Uh, on the offense side, Gleyber Torres has had a pretty good season. I mean, pretty quiet season just because the Yankees haven't been good. But he's put up the salt, he's put up numbers. He had a home run, RBI, double, one run this past week. Volpe also had a home run, three RBIs, a double, two runs, hitting 294. Uh, Judge had two home runs, uh, only him 167. 
three RBIs, two runs there. Uh, Higgy, Kyle Hishiaga, uh, had a home run. But uh, some prospect news that they did, they did move up Jason Dominguez, uh, one of their top prospects, I believe the number two prospect. He's been moved up to double A. They recalled up Eduardo uh, Peraza, and they also called up Everson Pereira. Uh, he was in AAA last year, another outfielder. So they're trying to make some moves right now. Uh, I just don't think that they're going to really, they're not going to really do much to help them compete and make the playoffs. Or if they do make the playoffs, uh, even really compete after the first round after the wild card. The Athletics are thirty and ninety or thirty-four and ninety, two and eight in their last ten. Lost two to three at St. Louis and got swept by Baltimore. It's been disappointing for the Athletics to say the least. I mean, that's obvious. Zach Gilas had a pretty productive start to the season though, and even he's only been in the season for half of the way. JP Sears, four innings pitch, seven and runs, four Ks, two walks. Gets lost that final game there against the Orioles. They also had that first game where Francisco Perez got the last one and pitched three and runs. Bottom line, it's just been disappointing for the Athletics, and I guess there's not really much more to say. Um, I feel like we say this every week, and I'm sorry for the Athletics fans out there, but what more do you guys want us to talk about? I mean, you guys lose every week. It's just, I don't know. There's just not been anything going well for them this season. Yeah, I mean, same thing with the Yankees. It's just disappointment. I mean, as, a, as even though it's disappointment, I mean, I wouldn't say most of these Oakland fans were even surprised. I mean, Paul Blackburn's been solid. Uh, the last outing, seven innings, uh, six hits, no earned. Uh, eight Ks there, got a win. Ken Waldachuk was solid in his start. Five and, five and two-thirds, two earned runs off two home runs, seven strikeouts. But outside of that, everyone got hit around. I mean, there really isn't much many players that have an ERA uh, below a four. I think every, most of these pitchers have an ERA above five. Uh, the, this past week, Zach Geloff, uh, one of their top prospects, that definitely has been solid so far this year. This past week, he came 474, has stolen base, three walks, three strikeouts, two doubles, two runs, two RBIs. Brent Rooker has been solid this past week. Uh, he definitely went cold early on, but has turned around a little bit in 360. Eight had a home run, two RBIs, two doubles, four runs. Lawrence Butler's past week, one of the prospects that they called up, had a home run, two RBIs, a run there. Uh, Alumnus Diaz, two home runs. But outside of that, Shaylin Lear's only hitting 250, still solid on the defensive side. Tyler Soderstrom's been back and forth from DH and catcher, had a home run, RBI, and three runs this past week. Uh, I think Geloff is definitely going to be a, fa- a guy to look out for a little bit more. I mean, Yes, he is 23, about turned 24, so he is on the older side. Uh, but Ari has accumulated 1.6 war in, I believe, yeah, in 31 games, eight home runs, hitting 308, seven stolen bags. I mean, for a team that's this bad, uh, he's putting up good numbers. The OPS of uh, 99.3, OPS plus of 179. I mean, he's putting up numbers for a really sad organization right now. Tampa Bay Rays are 75 and 51, 6 and 4 in their last 10. Had a big controversy week, obviously, the Wander Franco situation, but were able to kind of dismay the distractions going 4 for 6 this week, winning the Bull Series at San Francisco and at the Angels. Successful campaigns there. Eflin gets the win. It's pretty hard to not get the win when you score 18 runs, but big performance on the bats there. Yandy Diaz looked good. I mean, obviously, the Wander Franco situation is unfortunate. Uh, for the Savali with six innings, no one runs, five hits, five Ks. In the first game of the series there at the Giants, they won that one 10-2. to 
behind glass now. Six innings, three hits, one run, seven Ks, and three walks. So Rays are continuing to play great baseball. They're continuing to move forward in the right direction. I guess they lost their shortstop there in Wander Franco, and we'll be curious to see as time goes on more and more about that. But like I said, it's been disappointing for them, and curious again as time goes on what happens with them. Yeah, I mean, pitching is definitely going to keep them in it. Unfortunately, they are losing Shane Mack for the entire year, uh, going down with he's going to get Tommy John, uh, potentially going to be out, most likely going to be out for the entire 2024 season, which hurts me a lot because I do have uh, Shane Mack in my Dynasty League, which that's a huge blow because I am first in that Dynasty League, and I really would like to have him this year for playoffs. But Savali's called start six innings, shut out five Ks. F1, six innings, one earned, four Ks. Glasnow kind of got unlucky. Uh, he did allow eight hits, five earned runs, one home run, seven RBIs. But two of the early on hits were both check swings uh, against the shift. Uh, both lefties, guys who got basically got sorted and just got a little bit of contact and rolled it over to where the third baseman normally would have been. Uh, but outside of that, bullpen's been fine. Uh, Pete Fairbanks has been solid. Uh, same with Jason Adams, two of the uh, better pro- uh, bullpen guys that they have. On the offense side, Yandy Diaz uh, has definitely not been affected by this whole wander thing. He's still hitting 348 uh, with four runs there. No extra base hits. Josh Lowe hitting 381 this past week. Two home runs, eight RBIs, one double, four runs. Isaac Paredes had a home run, six RBIs, four runs. Held Ramirez had six RBIs, two doubles, uh, three runs. Randy Rosarena had a home run, two RBIs. Overis Abaspi uh, I believe he was traded over there from the Rangers uh, this past week, filling in for Wander there at shortstop at two uh, our two RBIs, two run, two doubles, and four runs there for himself. Texas Rangers are seventy-two and fifty-two, four and six in their last ten. Won two out of three against LA, lost all three against the Brewers. Currently, riding a four-game losing streak. Scherzer had a bit of a rough start in his last one there. Uh, Dane Dunning. Got the last five innings, pitched three and runs. Corey Seager on the offensive side, his bats were or his bat, I should say, was definitely there. Had a good successful campaign there for them. So looking at where they're at right now as far as overall positioning, I am excited to see kind of where the Rangers are being able to, you know, they're holding on to the AOS lead. They're on a losing game, a losing streak, but they're still competing at a high level, which is what I think is important for this team and continuing to find ways to have success. I mean, yeah, you lose four straight games, but you got a chance to redeem yourself coming up with a two-game set of Arizona. Then you travel to Minnesota for four. So it'll be pivotal a couple games coming up for the Rangers here. Yeah, I mean, I w- I'm not going to be worried if I was a Rangers fan. This just small uh, rough patch. I mean, Max Scherzer, you're not going to expect him to give up three earned runs and three and two-thirds every outing, having a hit by pitch and four walks. In that time, uh, I think Scherzer beats himself up more than anyone else on the field when they have an outing like that. Uh, Dane Dunning, five innings, three earned, four Ks, got the loss, as you mentioned. Jordan Montgomery's been solid uh, since going over to the Rangers. Six innings, only one earned, nine Ks there. John Gray, seven innings, one earned, four Ks. Uh, just overall, has been solid. Bullpen's been solid. Uh, they really haven't been using Chapman, though, uh, as their closer. It's been definitely more of a Will Smith role. Uh, same with uh, Will Smith role than uh, like Brock Burke, maybe. Chapman really hasn't been the closest. He's more the eighth man guy. Uh, on the offense side, I mean, Zuko Duran is hitting 400 this past week. The highest average there. Nathaniel Lowe had a home run, two RBIs, two doubles, one run. But the big name is going to be Corey Seager. I mean, he's hitting 333, three home runs, a double, five runs, six RBIs. And arguably, if he ha- wasn't injured early on the season, he may be the MVP. I mean, he's only played 81 games up to this point. 
has accumulated a 5.5 war in 346, 23 home runs, 63 runs, 74 RBIs. Yeah, only one stolen base, but his OPS plus is at 187, uh, which MLB averages at 100. I mean, imagine if he played, what, how many more games at this point? Say 30 more games. Uh, be at 91 games on the season, something around there. I mean, he arguably could be the MVP at this point with these numbers he could put up. The Toronto Blue Jays are 69 and 56, 5 and 5 in their last 10. Split the series against Philadelphia, 1 2 out of 3 against the Reds. Hinjin Ryu, 5 innings, 4 hits, 0 and runs, 7 Ks, 1 walk, 2 and 1 record, 1.90 ERA. So he's been good for the Blue Jays so far this season. As mentioned, they won that the two games out of three. They beat Chris Bassett, I should say. Six innings pitched, three hits, two and six Ks. He had a good performance as well. So a lot of good things for the uh, the Blue Jays so far this week. And continue to try to revive the momentum. And as you know, they're currently sitting half game out of the wild card spot right now. Yeah. Uh, overall, it's been solid. You guys, they've gotten Jordan Romano back. He's two for two, his last two save. Opportunities, Bassett, good outing, six innings, two earned, six Ks. Kikuchi, six innings, one earned, seven Ks. Barrios, five and two-thirds, shutout with eight Ks. Gosman, five and a third, five earned runs, four Ks there. Got hit around a little bit more. Seems like that's how it has been more recent. These other guys have been forming. Gosman hasn't been up to par being the uh, being the ace there, but everyone else has been doing the role. Ryu, five innings, uh Two, two runs, not earned, seven Ks. They also sent down Alec No, I can't remember if it was this, early on this past week or if it was last week he got sent down. On the offense side, Whit Merrifield uh, is right now leading the team. Sam Varsho tied for hits. Varsho's hitting 385, a home run, three RBIs, two doubles, three runs. Brandon Bill had two home runs, three RBIs. Boba Shett coming back from uh, the IL in two games is hitting 300, had a home run, a triple, two runs, two RBIs. But outside of that, the offense has been pretty quiet. Uh, start, uh, Springer had a home run, three RBIs. Davis Schneider still uh, had another home run. So just another good story guy there. But overall, the offense has been quiet. Pitching hasn't been bad uh, outside of really Gosman at this point. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. I do know that it was a very long show, so I do appreciate you guys if you guys did make it all the way to the end. As always, I'm your host, one you love the most, Niall Hassan, joined once again by NJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.